Welcome to Firefox News Online, the world's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules apply. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated in the chat room at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room and your chat will be deleted. Also, if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. This is a roundtable discussion broadcast, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. The views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who join me, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. And now, it's time for Firefox News Online. of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Today was the beginning of the Senate hearings for the confirmation of one Judge Amy Coney Barrett. It was interesting to watch as Firefox News Online presented the opening day hearings and we will be presenting them again tomorrow morning, starting at 8.55 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I want to apologize for the change in tonight's uh, scheduled broadcast due to the fact that I think I've caught the flu. <laughs> I went to the doctor's Friday, and they offered to give me the flu shot, and I said no. So it doesn't matter whether I get the flu shot or not. 
I ended up getting the damn flu. And no, it's not COVID. Anyway, that out of the way, back to what I was referring to, and that is the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. Now, Judge Barrett is a very, uh, a very loving mother, a very loving wife. She uh, definitely has all the credentials to be the uh, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. The problem, as I see it, is the left is going to hound her over her religious convictions, which they did some today. Also, her uh, opinions regarding uh, the Affordable Care Act, which they attacked her on repeatedly today. So there, there was a lot that was brought up just in the opening uh, process of today's uh, confirmation hearings. Uh, Judge Barrett was unwavering. She did not let them get to her, which is the mark of one hell of a judge to make the Supreme Court, in my opinion. Now, I know there are some out there who believe that you know, she's going to let her uh, Catholic faith uh, decide Roe v. Wade. I wouldn't count on that, Democrats, because if you count on her, you're going to really be very grossly uh, disillusioned because she's not going to live up to your expectations. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Then, of course, during the course of this, she gave her opening statement. And in listening to her opening statement, she really did provide a lot of insight into her own character. And I mean, she really did that, ladies and gentlemen. I I never expected anyone to be so straightforward and, quite frankly, forthcoming about their family, their Uh, belief as far as the way the judicial system is and, of course, uh, being a jurist, uh, one can gather from her opening statement that she is definitely one of the best candidates for the Supreme Court in many years. But because she's a nominee of President Donald Trump, the left is going to attack her incessantly. Now, today was just the first day. I can just imagine what they're going to try and pull in the days ahead. I hope to God, for their sake, they don't pull a Kavanaugh on this woman because, quite frankly, that would be a huge political mistake. It would be political suicide for them to do that. And I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't put it past them, although I would be mildly surprised if they don't. Amy Coney Barrett went through her first day of the hearings unscathed, at least for now. Time will tell what the Democrats have planned in the days ahead. I can only hope for Ms. Barrett that things go well and that she is confirmed. The misinformation from the left constantly saying that this is a uh, 
that this process is being accelerated, that it's it's this, it's that. Hey, listen, they're well within their rights, the, the Republicans who are in charge of the Senate, to do this according to the rules governing Supreme Court picks. The hearings are being done in accordance with the Constitution. What part of that, Democrats, don't you fucking get? I mean, it's not hard to figure out. It's not godforsaken rocket science. It's just hard for them to accept reality. And that's what it comes down to, America. It comes down to the Democrats do not accept reality. Reality bites for them. It truly makes them squirm. And I'll tell you something, between you, me, and the four winds, I don't see them having too much success in the second term of President Donald Trump. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend this broadcast all over the globe on social media right now. And with that being said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. All righty then. Ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize for starting late. I needed to get a little more rest in than I had uh, originally thought possible. As I said, I have, I do have a, a mild case of the flu. It's hitting me earlier and earlier each year. It sucks. And insult to injury. I haven't been sleeping well. But I digress. So today was, as uh, one of my viewers on uh, DLive points out, the hearing today was not about her, but Donald Trump. (laughs) You know something? You're right. It seemed, yes, they were they were talking about her and her, uh, you know, her her opinions. But here's the thing: they're attacking her as a means by which to attack the president, and that I'm sorry, you just hello, screw loose. Now, uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer over the weekend had a few choice words while wearing a New York mask. And unfortunately, I recorded it on a different computer and have not been able to retrieve it yet, so I'm going to do something rather old-fashioned. Um Oh, I didn't open I didn't turn on I didn't open up my switchboard. How very, 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 very uh, silly of me. <laughs> it happens. And we are on Blog Talk Radio and all other platforms, by the way. So in case anybody wonders, yes, we're on our usual pro- on the usual platforms we use. Uh, tonight's broadcast is going to be cut short a little bit due to the fact that the host is 
not feeling well. So, a little cut short tonight as opposed to, um, you know, trying to sit here through through the usual three hours of, you know, the three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. I feel like Gilligan on Gilligan's Island, just thinking about that. Joining me on the phone lines at 347-945-5747 is, of course, the Lone Star State's answer to thug control. <laughs> yes, I said thug control. Our good buddy Gunslinger is here. How you doing, Gun? Well, uh, you could be the captain, but I won't marry Ann and Ginger. <laughs> okay, no comment there, brother. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I could say something, but I'm going to behave myself. Uh, oh, besides that, uh, just listening to more of the screwball antics from, you know, Sleepy Joe. Uh, if you look in the SFNO, there's more of his little uh, somewhat forgetfulness. He forgot one yeah. negative again. Did he, he do another dementia moment today? Uh, I seem to, I was reading something. Actually, three uh, of them. He did. Hmm? Three of them. How many? Three of them. Oh, shit. Three of them. Why not? (laughs) And his wife is a doctor? Uh, Only an idiot who's a doctor would allow someone like him to keep going. I put it in the Mixler chat room, too. I mean, just—I'm a proud Democrat, and I'm running for Senate, Senator. <laughs> really? Not <laughs> just what I heard someone say. I was like, "What?" He, he said it. He, he said it word for word. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be brain dead to vote for this fucking fool. Okay. Oh I mean, seriously. I, uh, oh, what's that Mormon's name? Uh oh, the Mormon. Uh, you know, Mitt Romney. <laughs> Oh, my God. This is... Now, check this out. According to Flycatch watching on DLive, by the way, I want to say hello to Cherokee Rose watching by way of Periscope.tv as well. Hello, Cherokee Rose. Good to, good to have you aboard for the, for, the, for the broadcast, as always. I'm, I may be, I may have the flu, but I'm going to be as silly as I want to be. I'm entitled to be, to, to be. I'm entitled to be silly when I'm sick. So I've been told. At least once or twice. Decades ago. <laughs> well, check this out, Gun Flycatch says on uh, D Live, Biden held a rally today in Arizona. He had a massive turnout of zero attendees. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. oh, hello. <laughs> oh, God. 
I'm sorry, but that's bad. Are we sure it was zero attendees flying? I mean, seriously? Holy shit. That's bad. That is bad. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to my FFFFFFFFFFF. Sorry, it even it even that. it even showed there when he was uh his Joe Biden was I think in uh, Idaho or Ohio or whatever it was uh instead of the 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 uh, caravan or whatever his limousine and all that stuff instead of being greeted by Joe Biden supporters guess who greeted them Trump supporters <laughs> that's bad oh my god. That's bad. Oh, that's, oh, that would be... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to do something that, I, that I'm probably not going to regret one bit. But there is a video on this story, and I, and I wonder if that video provides all of the gaffes. Uh, let's find out, shall we? So I'm going to play the audio from that video. All right, let's see now. Bear with me, folks. I'm having a... Oh, I told the dentist this wasn't still wasn't right. Hmm. Okay. Aside from the flu, I have a toothache. Just not my week. And it's just starting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, hang on, folks. I-, I swear I'm getting there. It, it It's not my fault, darn it. It's not my fault. The, the, the Internet's being temperamental, mental, 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 mental. Mental. Uh, See if that works. I'm getting my Clip Computer's browser to open. This is bad. I'm telling you. When you try to get a browser to open, and usually on, on this Alienware PC, it's pretty quick. Uh, yeah, let me try this. I'm telling you, it's going to work. This time for sure. It, well, I thought it would work. You know, this is where I usually end up going. Open the open a different browser to do this. I swear I will. <clears throat> I hope I don't have to, but it looks like I'm going to have to. Shit. All right, fine. 
Ladies and gentlemen, due to technical difficulties beyond my control, the broadcast is now going completely. Yes, we're entitled to do that here. We have to do that here sometimes because in our simple but humble way, we're always going to be completely wacky and aquanium. God, this is going to suck. Let's see here. Pin that. Pin that. Oh, hello. Turn that off. So let's see. There it is. We're getting better at it now. Okay. Here goes nothing. I hope. Well, I'm looking forward to appointing the first African-American woman to the United States Senate. I know that's extremely loud and should not be, but I don't normally use this browser. Uh, Okay, so... I'm looking forward to appointing the first African-American woman to the United States Senate. Not, not to satisfy anybody, but... Okay, that did not make any sense. That was only the one gaffe. It was probably uber loud. <sighs> anyway, according to this, Let's see if I can put it in reader mode. That might help me a little bit. Uh, Joe Biden is campaigning in Ohio today, and he just just told the tiny crowd of supporters that he's running for the Senate again. He also forgot what state he was in again. He forgot Mitt Romney's name. I wish I could forget it. He also he also directing voters to a website that doesn't even exist. Seriously, he really shouldn't be allowed to go make a fool of himself. I mean, this is borderline elder abuse. No, this is borderline America abuse. He's abusing the, the country with his... Demented dementia antics. It's been a tough day for Biden. Joe Biden has had a rough day. Now Biden is having trouble distinguishing between Senator Waitress Sandwich and <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> between Senator Waitress Sandwich and former KKK exalted Cyclops leader, Senator Robert Byrd. We've been reporting, and this is according to AmericasFreedomFighters.com, by the way, folks. They've been reporting on Biden's trouble with memory and inappropriate comments since last year. The Democrats pushed 
him forward, even though he obviously has cognitive impairment of some kind. Now, the list of gaffes is very long. I mean, his wife is enabling this embarrassing campaign. Why? <laughs> to abuse America further, I think. Well, this, this goes on to say that Biden had the Senate on the brain in February of this year when he said he'd appoint the first African-American woman to the Senate. He meant to say vice president. At a campaign rally in Sumter, South Carolina, 2020 Democratic presidential candidate, former so-called VP, Joe Biden said, I'm looking forward to appointing the first African-American woman to the U.S. Senate. Not to satisfy anybody. Uh, Biden's motorcade was greeted by a crowd of Trump supporters, of course, as Gunslinger pointed out just a little while ago. Uh, this never gets old. Democrats are losers. Uh, okay, basically, let's... Uh, let's go with what really is the bottom line. Joe Biden is a sad case. Okay, he really is. Now, Flycatch is in the chat and is watching on D Live, and he says, "Mail-in ballots will decide the election." Biden could care less about these rallies. And he went on to say, "George, when I saw this rally turnout, I thought his campaign must be running out of money and could not pay people to attend the event." Oof. I'll tell you what. I don't think that he could run for dog catcher without causing without causing a stir. Seriously, I don't think he could run for dog catcher. Gunslinger, what is it about this this poor deluded soul that says I need to drop out of the race because I am a fucking moron. I would be embarrassed to get up there in front of all those TV cameras and make a fucking fool out of myself, okay? Because that's exactly what he's doing. He's making a fucking laughing fool out of himself. Now, I I can't really, you know, I feel kind of sorry for him because he is up in age, and unfortunately, we all go get there, <laughs> unfortunately. But to go out there and to continue on, and why would he even want to accept the Democratic nomination is beyond me. He doesn't know that he does, he's not running for the Senate. Uh, I mean, this 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 is just go, it's going on and on and on with these mental losses, okay? I mean, if that motherfucker doesn't know who what office that he's running for, you really trust that fucker to be in the most powerfulest position in the entire world? Let that sink in there, you fucking Democrats. Any of you bastards are li fucking listening, okay? <clears throat> Let that sink in. You've got somebody that is suffering from, obviously, dementia, okay? 
or Alzheimer's, okay, and you want this fucker to set his ass in the fucking seat that is the most powerfulest seat in the entire world and the entire fucking history of mankind. Man, you, you're the one that's fucking delusional. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. I turned my uh, mic down because I was rattling a tobacco bag. Look, here's the deal. Biden is a sacrificial lamb. He's a sacrificial lamb for the for the Democrats. They know he's he's not the the, the sharpest knife in the drawer. But the problem is, they don't have anybody else. Now, Kamala Harris couldn't win the fight for dog catcher, much less get in there as a presidential nominee. Okay? But now, you have this Biden-Harris ticket. Think for a minute. How much you want to bet he gets found mentally incompetent and cannot discharge the duties of his office. The Democrats are reluctantly, I say reluctantly because they're, this, I'm beginning to wonder if this is their plan, pull the 25th Amendment, <clears throat> they yank him, elevate her, and guess who gets elevated to the vice president spot? the third line of succession, Nancy Pelosi. So I'm wondering if, that is the, if, if that's what their plan truly is. Unfortunately, I don't see the Democrats winning this election. But Pelosi wants, want, is, is all, all hyped up about this, um, this bill, this legislation, to, where they can invoke the 25th Amendment on any president. But, of course, we know what president they're truly going after with it. But if Biden were to win, and that's a big if, okay, this would be where the 25th Amendment gets put, in, put against him. Harris and Pelosi move up, and then this country is truly fucked. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, boy, them, them two idiots get in there. Uh, yeah, pack your bags and kiss your ass goodbye because, this is, like you said, this country's fucked. Okay? Um, I don't see him winning Biden, okay? Uh, I, you know, because <laughs> he can't even hardly get even one little room, okay? Uh at his, oh, I'm going to be president rally. Uh, really? And you see the crowd that was at that rally in Florida, I think it was, this evening. <laughs> Goddamn. 20,000, 25,000 people. 
and that sucker can't even that other sucker can't even fill up one single conference room. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this one out. I mean, really. Okay. Uh, there's just no way that he's going to be able to pull it off unless they pull some shenanigans. Now, of course, you know, they're Democrats, so, you know, be expecting that. But we'll see, you know. But I think, you know, right now, you know, he's he's already, he got a superior lead over Sleepy Joe. Uh, like I said, it, you just cannot imagine the shape of this country that it would be in. If them bozos were up there, jeez, wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, man. If everything, oh, shoot, the wrong browser. Fuck. Let me see if I can if I can get this other browser to open here. Close, you damn fool. If I can get my browser to open, I'm just going to let it run its course. No, whatever. Oh, hello. Now it's working. Okay. Let's see here. That's the one. Now, according to this, Minnesota may prove why the polls are incorrect again. Now, this is coming from One American News Network. I acknowledge them as the source of this information. But here goes nothing. Uh, both the Biden and Trump campaigns are zeroing in on gaining support from voters living in Minnesota's Iron Range. Uh, One America's Shane Althaus has more on how this may prove why mainstream polls are possibly missing the mark once again. If you were to look at Nate Silver's 538, which along with Real Clear Politics are the main sources of election forecasting polls for the media, you would see President Trump is only given a 14 percent chance to win the 2020 election. And in the battleground state of Minnesota, 538 only gives President Trump a slim 10% chance to win the state. However, there is one question which has come up regularly during this election cycle. Weren't these same polls wrong in 2016 when an extremely underestimated Donald Trump won in an electoral landslide? Yes, they were incredibly off, and as of now, these firms haven't changed their polling methods at all. Surprisingly, the only people who don't rely on these polling firms are the presidential campaigns and the candidates themselves, as both the Trump and Biden campaigns have dedicated time and resources to states like Minnesota. Minnesota is home to both those who live in large cities like St. Paul and Minneapolis, as well as those who live in rural working class areas. While both of these groups have continually voted Democrat in the past, the rural population has seen a large portion of voters go Republican and support President Trump. As it turns out, Minnesota's Iron Range makes up the largest portion of Minnesota's rural Democrat voters. And increased campaigning from President Trump shows his internal campaign polling may tell a very different story. A critical issue in this election is the future of the Minnesota Iron Range. You know that. That's why I'm here. 
This was just supposed to be a little get-together, and then they said, sir, we got thousands of people want to show up. I don't know. However, President Trump is not the only one spending time in the Iron Range, as Joe Biden has made a point to recently campaign there as well. I've been here a number of times up in the Iron Range, and it's a magnificent part of the world. So if real clear politics gives Joe Biden a whole nine-point advantage in the state, and Nate Silver's 538 gives him a whole 90% chance of winning, why would the Biden campaign even bother campaigning there with such a large advantage? Well, local reporting shows public sentiment in the area may be flipping to President Trump. This is the Iron Range in Minnesota's northeast region is made up with working class people in the mining industry who support President Trump's steel and aluminum tariffs, his elimination of NAFTA, and the implementation of the USMCA trade deal. All policies Joe Biden has opposed, causing many in the area to support President Trump. Another weak point for Biden in the Iron Range is that it has the highest concentration of gun owners in the state, a group President Trump has maintained consistent support from throughout his presidency. These major trends and issue-based voting analysis are being completely ignored by the largest mainstream polling firms in our country. And assuming they make the same mistakes in other states as they do in Minnesota, 2020 may very well be 2016 all over again. Shane Althaus, One American News. One Now, I've said time and again, ignore the polls. I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it, and it bears repeating. These polls provide nothing, absolutely nothing, that is factual. During the 2016 presidential election, I said the same thing then. Ignore the polls. Why? Because the polls are, are taken by outfits that lean left. The mainstream media leans left. So now the question becomes, how do we, how, how do we see this election in sizing up? Oh, well, let's see. With less than a month to go, I got news for uh, for some folks. President Trump, him gonna win big time, Kimosabi. Trust me, he's gonna blow the fucking lid off the election this year. He's gonna have a huge, and I do mean huge, slide voter turnout slide. I mean, they're going to slide right on in and say, Trump, Trump, Trump. He's going to win by a landslide. I can feel it in my bones. Gun? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, he's going to be a shoe-in. You know, like I said, you can't trust him fucking polls. Um, look what they did last time. They said Hillary is definitely a shoe-in for the president of the United States. Look what happened. <laughs> okay. That was fucking funny. So, I mean, you know, Comrade Clinton was already out there, you know, with all them fireworks out there in New York Harbor. Boy, that, she thought she had it in the bag, didn't she? Didn't, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, right. So it's going to be the same thing this time, okay, because the American people are seeing over the past four years what that man has done, President Trump, okay, for this for this country. I mean, the Hispanics love him. The blacks love him. The Latinos love him. Everybody, you know, <laughs> I mean, everybody's going to be voting for him. 
when you can't even get one single room full of people, for God's sakes, and your car caravan sponsored by your wife, only three cars show up, uh, that should tell you something right there. Go ahead. And here comes the Biden caravan, consisting of one, two, only three vehicles? Yeah, trust me. Joe Biden has the popularity of a skunk at a picnic. Okay? That seriously, he's got the popularity of a skunk at a picnic. So I hate to say it, but for for all of you folks out there who think that Joe Biden is the bee's fucking knees, for all of you folks out there who think, oops, sorry about that, let's face the reality. You're only going to get stung when Trump wins re-election. Now, last week... One America News did something really cool, and it was a breakdown of stuff that happened over over the past week. So, allow me to uh, put that up for you. Ready, set, play. The President of the United States was hospitalized last weekend for contracting the coronavirus. He made a very swift and speedy recovery, returning to the White House after only three nights at Walter Reed. That's despite the fact that his critics pointed out his age as a risk factor. Did CNN praise his recovery and champion the American spirit that's determined to beat the coronavirus? That coronavirus can be very contagious, which is why people, you know, take great pains to protect themselves uh, in the hospital. But this is well, obviously sending come. Here a, we go. A, a very different. Takes it off. An incorrect message. And you see him here. Um, he takes it off, and he's getting ready for his pictures. The leader of the free world arrived at home after being hospitalized, and they criticized him for removing his mask at his own house, alone on a balcony. They hate that he doesn't bow to their demands, so they keep increasing the absurdity of the demands, hoping to shame him into compliance. What's actually happening is that more and more people are seeing how ridiculous the media has become. The media is upset that the president recovered. The next clip comes from Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. This is actually Michigan's governor, although she strangely resembles a psychic trying to convince her state of an early demise. She tries to foretell the future of death and demise coming to Michigan, the state she runs. As a result of the court and legislature's action, our COVID-19 cases will very likely go up. There will be uncertainty, disruption, and possibly greater risk to our economy, more people quarantined, and more deaths. Holy cow, Michigan. This is your governor. The third highest cases of COVID-19 per million. She hopes her residents die because the legislature and the court have said her executive orders were unconstitutional. What kind of leader hopes their people die so she can be right? communist. Well, I can foretell the future too. Let me tell you what I see, and it trumps her prediction. 
I say as a result of the legislature and the court striking down Whitmer's orders, the people of Michigan will thrive, live happy, fulfilled lives with a booming economy, and will vote Trump back into office on November 3rd. Michelle Obama spoke up this week about the dangers of the coronavirus. She said there's still too much uncertainty and advocated for continued restrictions. She also took a swing at President Trump, who recovered just this week from the disease she's using to try to peddle fear. And I pray every day that no one faces longer-term consequences to this disease. But the truth is, we just don't know yet. And we simply cannot trust this president to tell us the truth about anything. We can't trust this president to tell us the truth about anything? Uh, What about the last president? Did your husband illegally spy on his political opponents? Did he put Joe Biden in charge of Ukraine to facilitate money laundering and taking bribes? Did he order the illegal investigation into General Flynn? Did he use the power of the United States to try to jail his political opponents? You know, like they do in third world communist countries? Did he try to frame the incoming President Trump for doing exactly what he himself did? Did he direct the FBI to illegally wiretap the Trump campaign? Yeah, he did that. And you expect us to trust you over President Trump? Lastly, the left elitists have no qualms about revealing their plan to install a president. The Transition Integrity Project wrote a 22-page report about it, and we haven't seen much of a response. The Transition Integrity Project plans to cause chaos if President Trump wins the election and throw the whole legitimacy of his presidency into doubt. That's in the report. You can read it. What would happen if the president and vice president were contested and deemed uncertain? Okay, so Nancy, I'm dreaming of the day when we call, say, President Nancy Pelosi. I think that (laughs) sounds really good. Oh my God, there you have it. Pelosi didn't correct her or say that's preposterous. Nope, she chuckled and acted as if it could happen. President Nancy Pelosi, you ready for that? So, there you have it. Gun, based on what you just heard, what do you think, man? Well, I disagree with any of it. It's actually spot on. Okay. Uh, that reporter there from what I think, One American News, okay, uh, right on the money. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, like I said, I just shake my head at these people. They think that they're going to win, and they're not, okay? Based upon all kinds of stuff. It's just not just one little thing, okay? If it was one little thing, I'd be worried. But it's based on a multitude of things. On either Sleepy Joe or Camel Toe's side. Both of them are idiots. Both of them want your guns. Both of them are anti-American. They're both of them socialist, which is communist. I mean, it goes one in one, hand in hand, okay? But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. Go ahead. I want to. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna hear, you're probably gonna hear my printer in the background. Uh, but let's face the reality: they're under the misguided perception. Okay, they're under the misguided perception that their antics, their constant attacks against this president are going to garner them a victory in November. And 
I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh-uh. Not going to happen, man. I'm serious. Because if President Trump were to lose to this fool, you have to ask yourself how much of it was done with fraudulent ballots mailed in. And yet, it seems like America is awake to the reality that the Democrats, with their propaganda machine, the mainstream media, is attempting to do the impossible. Well, guess what? Their attempts are only going to prove what we've known all along, that they're desperate. They are beyond desperate. They are beyond not only desperate, they're completely wacko. Okay? It's really that simple. Now, Gunslinger uh, posted uh, a link in the chat room from westernjournal.com where it talks about Joe Biden slurs his way through opening remarks because uh, by cause it's Ellen General Motors. Huh? Uh, Okay. If we didn't know better, we'd think the Democratic presidential nominee was drunk on Monday when he delivered his opening remarks to a small group of supporters in Ohio. Thanks to Marie Claire magazine article on the subject published earlier this year, we know Biden isn't a drinker. Still, the 77-year-old slurred his speech heavily as he navigated his opening comments while addressing a small crowd of supporters in Toledo at a drive-in rally. Democrats for years have knocked President Trump when comparing him to former presidents, and specifically when comparing his remarks to those of 20th century icons such as John F. Kennedy and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. During his first inauguration in 1933, Roosevelt said in part, this great nation will endure as it has endured, will revive and will prosper. So, first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The quote was an instant classic. And Trump actually carries that sentiment not only in his speeches, but also in the way he lives and governs. Trump, a plain-spoken former Manhattan businessman, now he's not a former Manhattan businessman, he still, own, he still has ownership of the business, he just uh, stepped away from it to become president of the United States. So I, I, have, to, uh, I have to correct that one item in this article doesn't deliver his lines as eloquently as Roosevelt's, Reagan's, and Kennedy's of history, 
but his message is one of optimism, and it resonates. Just look at the Florida crowd before Trump's first rally since quickly defeating the coronavirus. And believe me, there it was a packed house, folks. I'm dead serious. But on the subject of eloquence, Biden lacks it in every way, shape, and form. Just watch Biden's opening remarks from the mangled Monday speech in Ohio, where he appeared to tout the former robustness of the country's automobile industry. Well, I tell you what. I, uh, my dad was a monobile, monobile man. Monobile? I got through uh, school and we got through uh, being abdolate. Okay. After we lost, after we lost a job up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, I'd have moved down to Delaware because, uh, by cause it's Ellen General Motors products, and so uh, I've known and my state used to have the largest percentage of auto workers of any state in the nation. Biden said, uh, "It appears Biden was lamenting the decline of America's auto industry." relative to where it was just a few decades ago. It was a bit hard to understand, probably mostly for Biden's sign language interpreter. That's got to be a difficult job, translating for Biden. God bless him, the interpreter sat in that little box on the campaign's live stream of the event, and somehow he didn't skip a beat. Mostly, most importantly, though, how's that Biden auto comment being for being presidential? Does Ellen General Motors products and Ida move down to Delaware stack up with JFK's 1961 inauguration speech? Uh, not so much. Biden's opening remarks laughably were delivered from a podium which read, Build Back Better which is a slogan Biden apparently ripped off from British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, if you ask the Trump campaign. Biden has been accused of plagiarism throughout his nearly five decades in government, and it's no wonder why. The candidate can't deliver his own lines without misspeaking, saying inappropriate things toward children, or in this case, slurring his words. It might seem a bit callous to rip a frail man for his syntax, or lack thereof. But remember, Biden is the leader of the Democratic Party, and that party has spent more than four years attempting to utterly destroy Trump with lies and vicious personal attacks. Democrats and Biden have also attacked you. If you support Trump and they intend to take away your rights after they pack the Senate via D.C. statehood and the Supreme Court, if their threats are to be believed, 
and they get their way next month. But as far as presidential remarks go, Trump's ad lib ad lib let me try that again. Trump's ad libitum approach to speaking is preferable to the empty speeches of politicians such as Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and so many others. There is meaning and action behind Trump's words. Biden, meanwhile, can neither tout his accomplishments for the country after all those decades in government, nor articulate his plans for the future. He's a man bogged down by himself. Something is going to something is going on in that head of his, and he can't always tell us what it is. We can only speculate as to why that is. Hmm. Before I get Gunslinger's comments, I just want to remind everybody again tomorrow morning. Uh, Firefox News Online will carry the second day of the confirmation hearings, and that is going to start at 8.55 a.m. Eastern Time, so be sure to tune in. The links for the broadcast on the video platforms will be posted on facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. Now, let me, uh, I don't think I'll be taking that one. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So, Gunslinger, what what do you think in regards to this uh, westernjournal.com item? I didn't hear it. I had to step outside, so I had to mute my speaker. So give me the reader digest. <laughs> well, basically, this is the uh, the link that you posted in Mixler. Uh, I was bringing that up. So if, if you want to shot through it, uh, go right ahead. Nine oh four area code. What's on your mind? Did you let Trump jerk it? Yeah, I don't think so. Goodbye. Have a nice night. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, we don't do stupid here. So the the harsh reality is that President Trump is really doing far better than anyone could possibly expect. And seriously, he is. Now, I want to go back to the Senate confirmation hearings uh, for President Trump's SCOTUS nominee, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Um, which, again, we carried live this morning on this broadcast. And uh, 
We will again tomorrow morning, as I said just moments ago. Now, according to One American News, the Senate Judiciary Committee began the first day of Judge Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation hearings. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle delivered their opening statements on Capitol Hill, arguing Barrett's qualifications to sit on the nation's highest court. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, opened the hearing honoring the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg by noting the vacancy on the court came through the tragic loss of a great woman. He added, we are going to fill that vacancy with another great woman. The person appearing before this committee is in a category of excellence, something the country should be proud of, Senator Graham continued. And she will have a chance to make her case to be a worthy successor and to become the ninth member of the Supreme Court of the United States. Some senators took part in the hearings remotely while others participated in the hearing, in the hearing room, which has, not, which has been modified to comply with the CDC coronavirus guidelines. Senator Ted Cruz, uh, sorry, uh, I was looking at the Twitter. During Monday's confirmation hearing, Judge Barrett thanked President Trump for the opportunity to prove herself before the Senate on whether she should sit on the high court. She credited her rise in through the judiciary system to the late Justice Antonin Scalia. Judge Barrett also said the courts are critical to a free society, but are not designed to solve every problem or right every wrong in our public life. Now, I'm going to play Senator Ted Cruz's opening remarks from the Senate Judiciary this morning. I want you to listen carefully to what Senator Cruz said. Because... Um, Senator Cruz, I believe, like many of the Republican senators, spoke very highly of this of this young justice um, of the of the of the circuit courts. So hopefully, his high praise is just as eloquent. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Judge Barrett. Welcome to your family. Welcome to your beautiful children uh, who are here with you today. You know, I want to start by making some observations about what we've heard this morning. At the very beginning, let me observe, as, as Sherlock Holmes famously observed, that what speaks the loudest is the dog that didn't bark, which is, to date, of every Democrat who's spoken, We've heard virtually not a single word about Judge Barrett. We've heard a lot of attacks at President Trump. We understand our Democratic colleagues are not supporters of the president. Uh, we've heard a lot of political rhetoric. We just heard the senator from Rhode Island directing some attacks uh, at Senator Cornyn from Texas. And I understand there's an election in a few weeks, so that those, those political attacks are not surprising. But we've heard very little about the nominee who is here and whose confirmation we're considering. And I think part of the reason for that is, is that on any measure, Judge Barrett's credentials uh, are impeccable. 
this is a woman who graduated number one in her class at Notre Dame Law School. Uh, I'd venture to say I, I, that, that, that there is likely not a single member of this committee who graduated number one in their class in law school. Perhaps my colleague Mike Lee can disagree with that statement, but it's, uh, it is a very impressive accomplishment. Judge Barrett went on to be a clerk to the great Justice Antonin Scalia, one of the greatest justices ever to serve on the Supreme Court. We heard celebration from Senator Leahy about the fact that he was confirmed 98 to nothing. From there, she became a law professor for two decades at Notre Dame Law School, teaching the law to her students where she was beloved, where she was respected, where she was a serious, careful scholar. And now she is one of the most respected federal court of appeals judges in the country. None of the discussions from our Democratic colleagues addressed any of that, because those impeccables, those, those credentials are on their face impeccable. Indeed, the American Bar Association, which typically leans hard left and has a long pattern of favoring Democratic nominees over nominees appointed by Republican presidents, uh, had no choice but conclude that she was well qualified as a majority of the reviewing board did. Judge Barrett's qualifications are remarkable, and I believe she will serve as an excellent Supreme Court justice. So what is it our Democratic friends have focused on? Well, one thing they've focused on is history. And they claim the fact that this nomination is occurring at all is illegitimate. Doesn't matter who Judge Barrett is, doesn't matter what she's done, doesn't matter her record, doesn't matter her extraordinary family story of doing all of this while being a mom to seven kids. The timing of the nomination, our Democratic friends tell, tell us, makes it illegitimate. Well, except for that history does not accurately reflect what the Senate has done over two centuries. This question of what happens when there's a Supreme Court vacancy during a presidential election year 2020 is not the first time America has faced that question. Indeed, in our country's history, that question has come up a total of 29 times. So 29 times, presidents have faced the same circumstance. And presidents have nominated individuals to fill those positions all 29 times, 100% of it. Doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, from a president's perspective, it's easy. If there's a vacancy, even during a presidential election year, you make a nomination. 44 individuals have served as president throughout the history of our country. Half of them, 22 of the presidents we have had, have made Supreme Court nominations for vacancies that occurred during a presidential election year. But what has the Senate done? Well, again, the Senate precedent is quite clear and is, is something that our Democratic friends do not want to address, do not want to confront. Of those 29 times, 19 of them occurred when the president and the Senate were of the same party. And when the president and the Senate are the same party, history shows that those nominees get confirmed. 17 of those 19 were confirmed for vacancies that occurred during a presidential election year. On the other hand, for those doing math at home, the remaining 10 occurred when the Senate and the president were of different parties. 
When the president and senator of different parties, the Senate over history has confirmed only two of those 10 nominees. Again, history is clear. The overwhelming majority of instances that the president and Senate are of different parties, that nominee doesn't get confirmed. That is, of course, what happened with Judge Garland nominated by President Obama. President Obama was a Democrat, the Senate was in Republican hands, and following tradition of 200 years, the Senate did not confirm that nominee. Now, some might think the difference between whether the Senate and the president are of the same party or different party, that that's just a question of, of, of partisan alignment, of partisan power. But that actually misunderstands the constitutional structure. The framers of the Constitution deliberately set up a system of checks and balances so that nobody can become a Supreme Court nominee without both the president and the Senate. Each was designed to check the other. That system of checks and balances limits power ultimately and protects the voters. And indeed, the voters made a clear choice. You know, one of the things that is clear from this discussion this morning is Democrats and Republicans have fundamentally different visions of the court of what the Supreme Court is supposed to do, what its function is. Democratic senators view the court as a super legislature, as a policymaking body, as a body that will decree outcomes to the American people. Now, that vision of the court is something found nowhere in the Constitution. Uh, and it's a curious way to want to run a country, even if on any particular policy issue, you might happen to agree with wherever a majority of the court is on any given day, who in their right mind would want the United States of America ruled by five unelected lawyers wearing black robes? It's hard to think of a less democratic notion than unelected philosopher kings with, with life tenure decreeing rules for 330 million Americans. That is not, in fact, the court's job. The court's job is to decide cases according to the law and to leave policymaking to the elected legislatures. Now, look, that doesn't mean policymaking is unimportant. In fact, it means to the contrary, policymaking is very important. And the people need to have a direct check on policymaking. You know what? If a rogue court implements policies you don't like, you, the American people, have very limited ability to check them. If a rogue Congress implements policies you don't like, you have a direct ability to check us by throwing the bums out and voting them out and voting in new representatives. You know, much of the argument this morning has concerned Obamacare. And they've been policy arguments. They're policy arguments that are actually incurring in the Senate, which is the right place for them to occur, a legislative body. But our Democratic colleagues simply want a, a promise from a judicial nominee that this nominee will work to implement their policy vision of health care. That is not a judge's job. That is not the responsibility of a judge. And in fact, making that promise would be violating the judicial oath. I don't know what will happen in this particular litigation on health care, but I do know that this body should be the one resolving the competing policy questions at issue. 
Many of our colleagues talked about pre-existing conditions, and, and I think they have made a political decision. They want this to be the central issue of the confirmation. Well, remember this. Every single member of the Senate agrees that pre-existing conditions can and should be protected. Period. The end. There is complete unanimity on this. Now, it so happens that are, there are a number of us on the Republican side that also want to see premiums go down. Obamacare has caused premiums to skyrocket. The average family's premiums have risen over $5,000 a year. Millions of Americans can't afford health care because of the policy failures of Obamacare. Those questions should be resolved in this body, in the elected legislature. It's not a justice's job to do that. It's not the court's job to do that. It is the elected legislature's job to do that. Judge Barrett brings impeccable credentials, a judicial temperament, and a faithfulness to the law. That's what we should be looking for in Supreme Court justices. And if Democratic senators want to engage in policy arguments, they can do so here, not by filibustering every bill as they have done over and over and over again, whether it's pandemic relief or Obamacare relief to lower premiums that expand choices. To date, our Democratic colleagues filibuster everything and then complain nothing gets passed. This is the body that has to resolve those questions. This is also the body that, consistent with two centuries of precedent, can, should, and I believe will confirm Judge Barrett as Justice Barrett. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> Gunslinger, I'm guessing that you had an opportunity not only to listen to the clip, but to go over that uh, article from Western Journal. So I want to address the Western Journal first before I go to the clip. Well, yeah, I, well, I can't disagree on any of it. I mean, uh, with the... Western Journal article, or with what Ted Cruz said, for that matter. I mean, he's both of them are, are spot on, as I'd like to say. Okay, um, they tell it like it is. You know, I just—it's just, it's just uh, again, these people. If you're dealing with, you know, these Democrats like this uh, in the in the article there. I mean, and it's just. You, you just sit there and you read this stuff, and you know it comes across your desk or your email or whatever, and you just you just kind of shake your head like you, you got to be kidding, right? Uh, say it's not so, but yeah, it is. This is the truth. I mean, these people are speaking the truth. Okay, this is not made up shit. Okay, you know there is a lot of fake news out there, obviously, but this is not one of them. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, we heard a lot over the last week uh, from the Democrats uh, talking about, uh, unfortunately, uh, Ms. Judge Barrett's, uh, uh, how can I put this, her religious beliefs and her faith and her opinion and what she'll do with in regards to Roe v. Wade and what she'll do with Obamacare. Um, 
I mean, I'm sorry, but this uh, this Looney Tune uh, left is is just that. It's Looney Tunes. Um, Now I'm trying to find what uh, Senator Schumer said earlier in the day. I'll have to go to his page to find it, I think, on Facebook. And, of course, i got to wait for uh, Facebook to actually let me continue on with it. But... There, there was comments made by this uh, senator um, in regards to uh, Judge Barrett. And I, as soon as I find it, I will be able to uh, put this out there for you to hear because... Again, I have it on another computer that, unfortunately, I have not been able to retrieve it from. Well, how do you like this? Hmm. Funny how it's not there all of a sudden. It's not on his page. Okay. So let me see if I can find it elsewhere. Ah, here it is. Um, and surprisingly enough, you're going to be shocked. Schumer only spoke for nearly 10 minutes. All right. I was like, what? Motor mouth? only spoke for 10 minutes? Uh, that's weird. So let me put this in the chat room so I can pull this up on the clip computer. And I'll be happy when it opens. Oh, you're going to make me friggin' work for it, right? Oh, there it is. Bear with me, folks. Issues of recusal. Before I get into the issues of recusal, uh, Judge uh, Coney Barrett issued an opening issue. released her opening statement, so I'm going to comment on that. Now, we know that Justice Barrett's previous record and public statements indicate she would vote to strike down the ACA and protections for millions of Americans and overturn Roe, protections for women. Nothing in her opening statement allays those concerns. Nothing in her opening statement allays the concerns America has 
that she will overturn ACA and hurt people's health care, and she will act to undo Roe v. Wade. So a vote for Judge Barrett is very simple. It's a vote to take health care away from 20 million Americans. It's a vote to strip protection from over 130 American exist Americans with pre-existing conditions, and it's a vote to vastly curtail a women's productive freedom. Ultimately, it's a vote for an activist judge whose mission, whose mission will be to implement a deeply unpopular, hard-right Republican agenda that will undercut the rights and safety of Americans. Now, okay, now let's go to the um, issue at hand, recusal. 130 million, did I say it wrong? Okay, so we know that a vote for Judge Barrett and her statement does nothing to allay those concerns will be a vote to strip protections from over 130 million Americans who have pre-existing conditions, strip health care from 20 million Americans, raise Medicare drug prices for over 40 million seniors. That's what it will do. Okay, now let's go to the issue of recusal, which I will, since I changed the order around here. Okay. Well, we all know that the hearing for Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court, begins tomorrow. But this is a moment unlike any other, because this nominee comes before us with serious conflicts of interest. And we're here today to say that given Judge Barrett's conflicts of interest, she should recuse herself from any decision involving the Affordable Care Act and its protections and any decision related to the election that we will have on November 3rd. Let me, um, let me go for, through those things. What we know about Judge Barrett, two things among a slew of the others stand out. First, she has clearly said she'd strike down the Affordable Care Act and has delivered that has delivered qualities and affordable health care to millions of Americans. Second, President Trump has said that he needs to put her on the high court to possibly help him win re-election in suits that would come before the court after November 3rd. With these serious conflicts, Judge Barrett should immediately do the bare minimum and pledge to recuse herself from the decisions involving the ACA and the 2020 elections. In November, I believe it is November 10th, the court will hear all oral arguments in a challenge to Roe, in a challenge rather to the ACA. This is much too low, uh, Mike. Can we make it a little higher? Is that better? Okay, yep, that's good. Okay. So on November 10th, the court is going to hear arguments about whether the ACA, with all its protections, is unconstitutional. Unfortunately, the Trump Justice Department, Republican-appointed lower court judges, have sided with this Republican Attorney General argument to end ACA and strip away health care and pre-existing condition protections for tens of millions of Americans. President Trump's self-imposed litmus test 
and Judge Barrett's own past statements criticizing the law and the court's decisions as to whether raise serious questions as to whether she can rule fairly at all. For that reason, Judge Barrett should pledge to recuse herself from the case involving ACA a week after the election if she is confirmed. Judge Barrett's record on ACA is filled with evidence demonstrating the need for recusal. In a 2017 law review article, she suggested she reviewed the as illegitimate the Supreme Court decision that upheld large portions of the ACA. She directly criticized Justice Roberts. In 2015, she criticized the court's decision in King v. Burwell, in which it affirmed the ACA tax credits for millions of families. She praised the dissent, which would have resulted in catastrophe for millions of Americans. And the views reflected that she would favor eliminating the ACA strongly. So she doesn't come unbiased. And that's why she should recuse herself. And it's no surprise that President Trump is looking to rush this nomination through to the highest court in the land, because based on her record, it's clear that Judge Barrett has passed the Trump litmus test, which is he only will appoint justices who will repeal the ACA, only appoint them. And it appears also the president thinks Judge Barrett would support him should the 2020 election become contested in the high court. He has said that I think this will end up in the Supreme Court. And the president's all but shouting from the rooftops that he needs Judge Barrett on the court for his own self-interest. This statement alone and the possible confirmation of Judge Barrett signaled a dire need for recusal because it is blatantly political. So here's what the president said on 2020 election. Just in case it would be more political than it should be, it's very important to have the ninth justice. He didn't care when Merrick Garland was there that there were only eight justices, but of course he cares now. So the bottom line is very simple. There's only one, one conclusion when it comes to Justice Barrett. In regard, it's clear there's only one conclusion when it comes to Justice Barrett in regard to her voting on repealing ACA and on deciding the legitimacy of the presidential election. Recusal. Recuse. This is what she should do. There is no question about it. Here's what it says. To disqualify oneself as a judge in a particular case. That's what she should do. And I believe that's what the canons of ethics and all the other legal writings would call for. Okay. Yeah. Right. The process is already a legitimate, dangerous, and unpopular. All the more reason she should be recused. She's being rushed through to decide decisions that she's already seems to have made up her mind on. Okay. Questions on this subject. Okay. First of all, Senator Schumer needs to understand this is not an illegitimate process. Under the Constitution, they can do this now. Okay. There is no illegitimacy of this whatsoever. 
There is no reason whatsoever for these continued attacks on nominees, which is basically a blatant attack against the president. But in actual, you know, what, what it actually comes down to is they attack the nominee, but they also attack the president at the same time. Now, what I think is important to note in all of this is that when you uh, attack the integrity of someone who has already been through the nomination process for the Seventh Circuit Court, uh, you're already sticking a hot poker in your own eye because you don't want to see that it, the first time she was put through the nomination process, she went through it, guess what, with, a, with bipartisan support. Now because it's President Trump nominating her for the Supreme Court, they want a liberal to occupy the seat and all this. No, they can't have that. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Liberals are supposed to pack, they're supposed to be in the Supreme Court. We're supposed to have the dominance so that they can decide policy when we fail to do it ourselves. That's the Democrats' thinking. You can sit there and say, I'm wrong all you like, America, but if, you, if you're sitting there saying I'm wrong, there's something wrong with this picture. Gunslinger? There's nothing wrong with that picture because you're absolutely right. Okay, if this idiot doesn't know the proper procedures and the proper understanding of the Constitution, which gives it the Senate power to do it right now, then, then that's exactly what they're doing. These these other people, they need to go and go back to school because they obviously have forgotten something. Maybe they're following down the uh, trail of Sleepy Joe and his uh, dementia or something. Obviously. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing. I mean, you don't go up there and be up there as long as these people have been up there and say something that stupid, unless you're really that stupid. I mean, these people know the, 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 the ins and outs of the game up there, okay? But yet they come out there and say stupid shit like this. Makes no sense. Go ahead. Even uh, Kamala Harris sent a message to the Senate saying to the GOP, rushing and jamming an illegitimate process through the Congress. A lot of, a lot of the Democrats in this committee this morning ran, a, ran tooth and nail on, her, on the ACA, the pre-existing conditions thing, the, the, Ill, the illegitimacy of the process, as the, according to them. And, you know, Democrats, you need to understand something, people. I mean, it, Gunslinger and I understand it. Flycatch and Cherokee Rose understand it. Many of my viewers and listeners across the globe understand this. And what I'm about to say is this. It's called Your Desperation is Showing. It's desperation. It's nothing hard about it. If you're going to sit there in desperation and, and do this in the opening remarks that you make, 
Well, guess what? You need to grow up, as I always say, from the neck up. Because it's not an illegitimate process. The process is going according to the constitutional method that has been used for decades and decades. (sighs) Sometimes I wonder, I just wonder, is it possible that the Democrats are completely out to lunch? Oh, yeah, they are. They are. Oh, by and large, they are. But I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative telling you this, America. Hmm. Let's forget that I'm a conservative for just a moment. Let's forget that I'm a journalist for a moment. But let's remember that I'm an American, first, last, and always. And I understand the process. The GOP is doing it exactly as it's meant to be done. The only reason the Democrats call it an illegitimate process is because they can't win. And Trump winning the election in 2020 is going to put their chances of packing the Supreme Court right out the bloody window. So my advice to the Democrats, cut the bullshit. Seriously, just stop the bullshit. If you can't win legitimately, then withdraw your candidate, because obviously your candidate sucks. He sucks. Worse than a broken Hoover vacuum cleaner. Now, the tech giants just love to ramp it up. Facebook has already gone in the way of ramping things up. Um, I got emails, not Facebook messages. But actual emails, oh, sorry, Mm, that came out of nowhere, from people telling me that that a lot of what they, they posted on Facebook was flagged as false and so forth. Now there is one viral video that's going out going around on Facebook. It's of Nancy Pelosi allegedly being drunk. Now as much as I cannot stomach this woman, I saw the news conference in question. The viral video is doctored. I can tell you that with certainty. As much as I hate this woman, I have to be honest, it's a doctored video. The audio is slowed down to make it look like she's slurring her words. If you've seen this video and you believe it to be a real thing, you've been misled. Somebody decided to make this by slowing down the audio just enough to make it sound like she's slurring, and she wasn't. How do I know? I saw the news conference back in May for myself. So, America, let me just 
put you wise to something. If you're seeing this viral video, don't buy into the bullshit, okay? Democrats are, are bullshit artists as it is. Let the truth speak volumes. Let real, honest-to-God videos speak for themselves. We don't need to doctor shit. No one needs to do that. So stop doctoring shit to make her look like a drunk, although I suspect she's had a few martinis here and there during the course of her congressional day. But saying that and then looking at a doctored video, we should, no one, no conservative should ever sink to their level. We should not sink to the Democrats' level ever. If we reduce ourselves to their level, then we are no better than they are. I don't give a flying fuck what she says. She's an idiot. She's a bona fide fuck-up, along with the other Democrats. Let them fall on their swords and let them screw things up for themselves. If you're out there doctoring videos to make them look bad, that's a bad idea. Because sinking to a Democrat's level is, it's just not right. We don't have to do that, America. The Democrats are destroying themselves. Their candidate is a prime example. When he can't remember what, 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 what city he's in, when he can't remember who his wife is, when he can't remember that he's running for the presidency and not the Senate, something is seriously wrong. So let the Democrats destroy themselves. We don't, no, no one has to do that doctored video crap. And anyone, anyone spreading those doctored videos, please don't send them to me. I don't want to see them. Oh, they're good for a laugh, maybe, but beyond that, I really don't want to see them. Okay? I'm watching the Democrats slide on the ice, and the ice is thin toward the center. And when that ice breaks, down they'll go. Our best weapon is the ballot box. Our greatest weapon is the truth. Something the Democrats have long since abandoned. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox now. But as I was saying, the, the tech giants, you know, they're out to flag anybody. They even flagged the president. Twitter flagged President Trump's COVID-19 immunity tweet. Now, I will say this. I, I'm, I, I can't swear to it. But let's face let's face it. Don't say, Mr. President, please stop saying you're immune to it. 
you're still the same high risk as I am. High blood pressure, overweight, your age, okay? Please stop doing that. You're giving the Democrats more fuel to attack you with. I, 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 I can't stress that enough. So Twitter decides to go on a bit of a rampage. And uh, one moment, please, while I uh, deal with something here. I've got an itch on my back that's driving me up a wall. Hmm. Yes, folks, even us broadcasters have to scratch an itch. I mean, I could have stayed on camera, but I don't think you want to see my midsection because I'm a little overweight. And looking at my at my gut is not good television. Trust me, I know that for a fact. Okay. Now, before I go, before I read this about Twitter, Flycatch said in the chat room on uh, on D Live, they don't need a hearing. A vote could be called immediately according to Senate rules. Well, yeah, they could, but go through the process the proper, you know, go through it properly. Do you know? Keep it above, keep it on the up and up because the Democrats are already calling this an illegitimate process. If they rush to vote, uh, the Democrats will, will will scream bloody murder, even louder, and it could lead them to do something drastic that could easily put a lot of put this this whole process in jeopardy. Now, in regards to that doctored video, by the way, uh, Flycatch says, Sean Brooks is the author of the doctored video. Well, my hope is that Sean Brooks uh, doesn't go that route anymore. You know, personally, I think he should just let the Democrats destroy themselves. We, no one needs to doctor a video to destroy them with. The Democrats are doing a great job of destroying themselves on their own. Believe me. Now, Gunslinger, check this out. Twitter attempted to censor the president yet again on Sunday by flagging a tweet in which President Trump claimed he was immune to the coronavirus. In a disclaimer, Twitter alleged the post violated its rules about misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. The tweet says, a total and complete sign-off from White House doctors yesterday. This was on October 11th, this tweet. That means I can't get it, in parentheses, immune. And can't give it. Very nice to know. Mr. President, I, I I really wish you would not have said that, because I know what the Democrats are going to do with it. Ugh. But anyway, who am I kidding? 
He's the president. He's an American citizen. He's going to speak his mind. This comes as scientific evidence is unclear on how long people who have recovered from COVID-19 have antibodies and are protected from a second infection. The president, let me try that again, folks. President Trump also said he received a total and complete sign-off from the White House doctors and that he would not be a transmission risk to others. This frees him to return to holding campaign rallies during the final weeks of the presidential race, which is something he's been eager to get back to after more than a week-long absence from the campaign trail. The president's comments came a day after his physician said the president had taken a test showing he was no longer infectious. uh, On Sunday, the president also repeated his past calls for states to reopen their economies. Uh, In that tweet, he said, see you in Sanford, Florida tonight for a big rally. This was at 8.32 in the morning on October 12th, covered live on at OANN, at Newsmax, and at C-SPAN. Enjoy. Talk about a nice uplifting message to rally the troops. But this is getting ridiculous. Facebook was, was created in the United States of America knowing full well that there is a constitution. Same with Twitter. Does the constitution really matter to these, to these uh, social media platforms? I don't think so. What I do see is eventually somebody's going to have to slap them back hard. And if, we, and if the Republicans can take the Congress and keep the Senate, mark my words, these social media platforms are going to get spanked for their bullshit. Gun? Well, yeah, you're right. All these big tech idiots, like especially like Facebook, these dumb fucks, okay, should be bitch slapped. Okay, they're there to for social media, and that's it. They're not there to censor you. They're not there to tell you what you can say and what political affiliate that you want to vote for and all this shit, okay? They're there as a social gathering place. That's it. That is it. And when they go out there and go overboard, now I can see, you know, you don't want um, little kids over there with kitty porn or, or any type of porn like that on, on like Facebook, okay? That's acceptable, all right? But when you go in there and simply comment like I did once or twice and got thrown in Facebook jail, not even my comments, not even my story, okay, I just simply commented on it very calmly, very, didn't use no cuss words or anything like that, got fucking thrown in Facebook jail for 30 days. That is crossing the line, okay? When they can, that's basically a bridge of free speech, okay, because who the fuck woke up and all of a sudden made them God. Oh, they think they are. Basically that Mark sucked me off, Berg. Okay, that little bastard. Okay. Um, what do you expect? I mean, he's a he's a left wing, way left beyond left field, loony bird, democratic, liberal. 
So, yeah, they have the thing that they want control. They crave control, and there's your fruit factor. Yeah, that's that. That's the one thing about social media. Uh, if Democrats do it, they don't. They don't do anything to them. They don't flag them as false information or anything like that. But let a conservative do that, or let someone who is pro-Trump post something pro-Trump, and ultimately it ends up going. Or the person who posted it gets slapped down and thrown in Facebook jail or Twitter jail or whatever you want to call it. That's why I've been pushing a lot of these new social media places. Uh, the, the newest place, which I'd really like to see a lot of Facebook people sign up with, is this really, really, and I can't stress this enough, all right. It's freetalk.app. Freetalk.app. It was set up by One American News, and it is the one place where free speech reigns supreme. Gunslinger and I are over there. Uh, I do believe uh, my loyal. Viewer on Periscope, Cherokee Rose is over there. So if you haven't signed up with freetalk.app, that's freetalk.app, okay? I'm encouraging you to do that today because Facebook is ruining everybody's uh, social media experience. They really are. And as soon as a Twitter-like alternative for conservatives arrives and I find out about it, I'll bring that one up too. But in the meantime, that's the one I'm, I'm really pushing now. Freetalk.app. That's freetalk.app. So sign up with them. Join me, Gunslinger and Cherokee Rose, and a whole bunch of other folks. What the hey? What have you got to lose? Except maybe going to Facebook jail. Now, before I uh, really, uh, because we're coming up on nine minutes remaining of the broadcast, before this show is over, uh, I just want to say to uh, all of you out there that uh, Firefox News Online certainly can use a lot of of your help. Uh, you can't take your donations off on your taxes. That's why it's non-tax deductible. But I, I'm encouraging you to help keep us on the air. Uh, Firefox News Online, uh, a lot of the fun, a lot of the funding comes out of my wallet. And it's getting pretty tough these days to keep up with everything. And if you like what Firefox News Online does, if you like what we have to offer, then help us out. Help us out today. Because 
Firefox News Online, without your support, could end up going away, and I don't think you want that to happen. I know I don't. I'm fighting every day to keep this show going, even though I've got the flu and I'm not feeling 100% today. I still went on the air. My stomach is right now doing a whole bunch of somersaults. And trust me, when it's doing that, I know I need to lie down. That's why I cut this. I only put the show on for two hours as opposed to the usual three and started it one hour later instead of the usual time. Now, if I'm feeling better during the course of tomorrow... We'll try and do this at the usual time for the amount of the normal amount of time. We'll see what happens. But folks, go to paypal.me slash Firefox News Online. That's paypal.me slash Firefox News Online. There you can make a non tax deductible donation to keep this broadcast going. Kind of like the Energizer Bunny. It keeps going and going and going. Trust me. We will keep going with your help. I've got a lot of wonderful people out there that watch this broadcast in archives alone. And I'm grateful to all of you. I truly am. And... Like I, like I said, you know, and like it says on your video screens, for those of you watching on the video platforms, all donations are greatly appreciated. PayPal.me slash Firefox News Online. Gunslinger, you got any final thoughts you want to throw out there before we call it a broadcast tonight? Said, this is for all the other idiots out there. If you better you better scratch your head, scratch your ass a couple times before you vote for Sleepy Joe and Camel Toe. Okay. These are the most this is a perfect couple made in hell combination. I got me a Trump sign and I put it out there in the front yard. I doubt it all anybody to try to steal it. <laughs> well it's not a very big one, but hey, I don't need a very big one. Because I know Trump's gonna win. Okay. Just more encouragement, okay? And when you, when an idiot like Joe Biden can't even fill a room, nobody shows up at his rallies versus tens of thousands, 10, 15, 20, 30, 35,000 people in one setting shows up for President Trump's rallies, that right there, unless you are brain fucking dead, okay, and something and your brains have been up your asshole and fucking rotted, okay, then you should see the clear choice. And the choice is Trump in November, no doubt. Go ahead. Well, as I render a final thought quickly, the uh, the irony of all this, okay, the irony of all this is Trump will win this election just like he did in 2016. Amy, Co- Amy? Boy, I'm doing good. Amy Coney Barrett will be confirmed in spite of the Democrats' attacks. 
which are also veiled attacks on the president. I agree with uh, Flycatch, who was watching today on uh, DLive, when he said they're attacking the president. Yeah. They're using her to attack him. And they're attacking her and him. And as for Chuck Schumer, or as I like to refer to him as, Chuck the Schmuck. Chuck the Schmuck, shut the fuck up. Oh, did I just do poetry? (laughs) Anyway, America, we will be on the air at 8.55 a.m. Eastern Time for round two of the Senate hearings to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the United States Supreme Court. And then, of course, we'll be back for Firefox News Online later in the day. For the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you for tuning in, America. Until next time, y'all be good. And if you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. Wow. How do I do that without getting tongue-tied? It's still a mystery, but I'll take it. Take care, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Firefox News Online. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Send your comments to us by writing comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, if you have any stories or topic ideas you'd like to share with us, send them to WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. That's WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. And be sure to check Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. For the links to the live broadcasts of Firefox News Online on the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. Be sure to use hashtag FFNOP. That's hashtag FFNOP to trend this broadcast and all Firefox News Online broadcasts globally on social media. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next edition. So let it be written. So let it be done.